following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Let's talk, but no politics okay. Proudly dedicates all episodes to the loving memory of Constance Chirac, who was one of the biggest supporters of the show. And we like to say thank you for everything that you have done. Hey, hey man, is this, a, is this a line for Let's Talk But No Politics, okay? Oh, okay, good, good. Oh, man. God, I hope this starts soon. I'm going to hurry today. Yeah, I got to catch this. I got to catch common debauchery, and then I got to catch hats, stats, and stats. And I still got to get home and shave my cat. She's fuzzy. It's ridiculous. I know. Just don't ask. Don't ask. Right? Oh man. Hey, uh, who's who's sponsoring today's show? Introducing the Vortex Power Back. Last out, batter. You're gonna lose. Not this time. I got the Vortex Power Bat. McGuire. Only the Vortex Power Bat is air pressurized for a home run power. Mark McGuire set a new home run record. If you want home run power to hit your farthest, you want the Vortex Power Bat. So, I have to welcome back. Uh, returning guest, it's been a while, I have to say, I think since the beginning of the year, Mr. Derek Jaws, aka Chris Cage, aka, geez, 90,000 other names. Uh, Easy D, the Wizard of Jaws, the Nightmare, and Coach Jaws on Tip of the Cat. So, yeah, I am the man of many names. Uh, it has been a while since I've been on Let's Talk, but no politics, okay? So, uh, I actually got caught in a time warp. And, uh, we actually, as soon as we got done recording the last episode I was on, I got stuck in a wormhole and I am back. We're here. Let's do it. All right. So today, uh, we are discussing kind of athletes who, as we got older, we were like, yeah, they're not the best people in the world. And I think this is an interesting topic. One of the reasons why I asked you is I know you're a huge sports fan, you know, doing hats, stats and stats. But also listening to you before you modeled like your whole entire high school career. Like, I'm not going to do drugs. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to do any of this stuff because those guys don't do it. Oh, God. Young, young jazz, (laughs) you ignorant, ignorant fool. I could have been having all the fun. Yeah. And probably still ended up about where I did. Wow. That's that sucks. I'm depressed now. Can we move on? (laughs) (laughs) No, but you're absolutely right. Uh, I yeah. did. When I was in high school, you know, I wanted to be an athlete. I wanted to play in college. Uh, I wanted a chance to go into the pros. And um, the one thing I did do right was I stayed away from drugs, alcohol, whole nine yards, so much so that uh, when I turned 18, my parents actually bought my first tattoo for me saying, if you turn 18 and you're in school, you're doing well, you're not on drugs, you're not drinking. And the only thing we have to worry about is that you want a tattoo, we'll buy the damn thing for you. So they did. Uh, the thing I did not do correctly during that time was I should have lived in the weight room and I did not. And it makes me upset every day that I did not do that when I was younger, because those, that is a thing that all of these guys have done. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm just going to go off 
and just go because I think both of our both of our guys that we've always mentioned are 100% connected all the way through. I'm Jose Canseco all the way as a young, impressionable young kid growing up in the mid to late 80s into those early 90s. Jose Canseco was my world. Nobody was better at baseball than Jose Canseco in my mind. I wanted to be Jose Canseco. He was strong. He was fast and everything else. And then you kind of just find out that he wasn't. And I know your guy is Mark McGuire. And they're the Bash Brothers. Big Mark McGuire guy growing up. Uh, Wore number 25. Still wear number 25. Uh, It just so happens that my birthday is also the 25th. So I kept the number. Uh, I'm still... He's not a great guy to look up to from like the stance of the steroid part. But at the same time, he what he was doing wasn't banned at the time. As soon as it became banned, he stopped doing it. So there's some gray area there. But when you start talking performance enhancing drugs, I mean, we're not talking about a protein shake. No, you know, it's some pre-workout here. We're talking about stuff that actually helps build mass, build strength. And, you know, probably you could easily look at it and say like, well, it's not illegal. It should be, but it's not. So it's cool. Probably not cool. You know? Yeah. Canseco allegedly used to shoot up Mark McGuire in the bathroom. Yes. To the point that the, uh, the two of them, Canseco has tried to reach out and reconcile and uh, everything else. And McGuire wants nothing to do with it. He, like kind of, he kind of takes the Will Smith approach. Like keep my, my name, not my wife's name, keep my name out. You in mouth. <laughs> my fat finger hit the heartbeat button too sorry <laughs> <laughs> but that's because Kiseko not only did he do steroids but it got to the point where nobody wanted to sign him so he was like I'm blowing everybody in so uh, even yeah. right there is one of those things where I'm like eh, not your best bet there buddy yeah uh, snitches get stitches and my man just decided to start pointing fingers at everybody and their brother so oh have you ever read his book, Juiced? <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it's it's not good. No. <laughs> That's a my, tough look, my man. My favorite. I think the guy that comes out the worst in that book is pretty much Giambi because he yes. when they were talking about in Oakland and he would shoot up. So he would shoot up him and Giambi in the or McGuire and Giambi in the bathroom. And he said him and McGuire would go hit the weight room and Giambi would just like go to the nightclub and drink and never go in the weight room. And that's when you were talking about the weight room. I was like, eh, not everybody did it. That kind of did steroids. Yeah. And so we're talking about the younger Giambi, right? Yeah. Oakland A's Giambi. Right. Because it that was because they're so I'm, I'm pretty sure both Giambis played for the A's at one time. And Oh yeah, Jason. It's, oh, it's Jason yeah, was the Jason. better of the two. He yeah, ended up going to the Jeremy. Yankees, and Jeremy was the younger one. Yeah, and he he followed this, a very similar path. And I, I want to say their time crossed over in Oakland for a little bit. Him and McGuire and Canseco. Like I don't I don't remember to be honest with you, but uh, Jeremy was absolutely a train wreck. He was one. You know, he was the one that was. You know, they'd walk into the to the locker room, and he's just riding the rails off the bench and. You know, just he, he was just a degen from up country. You know, he's getting hammered in the in the locker room before games and stuff. And there's like they, they ended up. He was actually part of the money ball story and they actually yeah. like cut him or traded him or something. They had to have. Yeah. yeah. Like it was in the midst of, of that because it it was a, a central point of money ball was that his certain numbers of his were on par with his brother. And though he didn't have the power and home run production, he still 
produced well enough to fit until he was a problem and then he didn't fit anymore. No. Get him the hell out. Right. Yeah, that was that's probably like the biggest one. And then also when I learned that uh Dave Stewart, who I was a huge Oakland Athletics fan growing up. Sure. It all, it all revolved around Conseco McGuire. So obviously I love the ace pitcher and Dave Stewart. And then I find out that he was a giant cokehead talking about rails. And <laughs> that was something that like hit me like a ton of bricks as a kid. And I didn't believe it until I like, or not even a kid. I think it was like young adult teenager. I was in high school and my, and my girlfriend at the time, dad was talking to me and he's like, yeah, like that Coke had Dave Stewart. And I'm like, Dave Stewart didn't do Coke. Dave Stewart was like the model. Set. And then I looked at when the internet finally got a little bit bigger, I looked it up and I was like, oh my goodness. Another one of my favorite guys addicted to cocaine. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. The, 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 the rampant drug use. I, I love hearing about old baseball because everybody looks at these guys in like this huge light. And I'm, and I'm talking about like old, old baseball. Everybody looks at these people in a green light. And then they just talk about at one point their speed pills right in the clubhouse. Oh, yeah. Get your greenie, pop it in your mouth and go. And you're like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Eat your Wheaties, yeah. take your greenies. <laughs> I mean, so and speaking of people, I, and this is this is going to transcend uh, sports into sports entertainment a little bit. Oh, are you uh, going there? Listen, how do you like we all grew up on Hulk Hogan, right? You okay. Know, what okay. You, what you going to do, brother? You know, take your, you know, say your prayers, eat your vitamins. Blah, blah. First off, the dude was a roid freak. Yep. Without question. Second, you, you find out the dude wasn't a good person. He wasn't a good dad. He was, I mean, he's been caught on tape, like even recently on like racist rants and crap. Mm-hmm. But this was like Mr. All American Hulk Hogan, like came to the ring, you know, I am a real American, like huge fan favorite. And then, like, the truest probably tell to his character was when they flipped him to Hollywood Hulk Hogan with the NWO and everyone hated him. That probably should have been who he was from day one. Yeah. And the flip wouldn't have worked if he was like that from day one. But I mean, he it's not like I mean, we're talking about a dude who in all of them. I mean, Ric Flair was the same way. Ric Flair. Like, Ric Flair. Well, Ric Flair comes off and he says he's not the best person in the world. That right. is the one thing I give Ric Flair for. If you could come off and you can say I'm it's kind of like respecting Charles Barkley when he just flat out said, I'm not your kid's role model. Right. Like that's your job. My job is to play basketball. And I think in recent years, Ric Flair has just came out and said that just I'm oh, a, Rick. Ric Flair has never hidden who he is. Like, no, and it, it's never been a secret. Like the whole, you know, jet, you know, jet flying limousine riding, wheeling, dealing, styling and profiling like ladies, man, like womanizer partier. Like there were people who legitimately looked at him and were like, you don't want to party with Rick because either you become able to party with Rick or you die trying. <laughs> like he said something about him and Andre the giant in one day, drank 215 beers together. Yeah. Andre the giant used to drink handles of vodka. Like they were bottles of beer, but that's still, but Rick flair is not even that size. No, it's he so just did it so damn often that hit like, I'm pretty sure if he wasn't drunk, he didn't function. I mean, yeah. we, we've all seen the classic matches of Flair getting cut and his entire hair turns pink. It's because his 
he, it's not because of the color of his hair. It's because his blood is actually lighter than most people's because it's mostly alcohol. <laughs> I, yeah, but Rick, Rick, Hulk Hogan is one of those guys, like you said, that I think everybody loved at one point, And now all of a sudden stuff is coming out and you're like, oh my goodness. Like right. my first favorite wrestler actually was even Hulk Hogan. And I grew up in like the Hulk Hogan era. Mine was the junkyard dog. Ooh. And yeah. And I knew nothing, hardly anything about the junkyard dog. I just knew that he was awesome. I loved him. I loved it when he got down on all fours and hit, hit the headbutt and would bark. And I listened to Jim, Jim Cornette's podcast. And he's like, yeah, he was a huge cokehead. He never worked out. He never did anything. Right. That's why he never succeeded. Once he stopped working out and he was known as the junk food dog. Once things I didn't know about as a kid, I'm like, oh, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Cornette for just completely. (laughs) Thank you for ruining my childhood. Yeah. And then the ultimate warrior. Yeah. I don't want to talk ill about the the dead. He said some things that some people just aren't supposed to say, you know, and a lot of that stuff, it's not even like we're we're like, this is not like breaking news by any means. I mean, a lot of these guys have come out and talked about it. Um, You know, Lex Luger had like wrote a book about it called Wrestling with the Devil, and Mm -hmm. it's all about his entire life. And he's actually from the Western New York area. So um, right here, right here in my backyard. And it turns out, actually, my future father in law was only a couple years behind him graduating from orchard park and a guy that i know through like the radio world was in like sixth grade with him and i i randomly ended up talking about this guy unprovoked twice in the same day by two people who don't know each other it was the weirdest weirdest saturday of my life this past week but uh yeah i mean you want i mean you want to talk about a guy who especially when he came into wwf he was a narcissist and he was a heel mm-hmm. but when he came over to w or wcw for like the start of the Monday night wars, he was one of the first like defectors yeah. from WWF. And they brought him in as like this all American hero. He, he wore, you know, it was the total package Lex Luger. He wore the stars and stripes trunks. And, you know, he, he had that like blonde haired, all American look to him and everything. And turns out not a great dude. I, and he admits that now when he talks. Oh, I actually met him going to church. It's I was at church. It is such a weird story because uh, it's kind of funny because I did not pay attention. So I see him in a wheelchair. I didn't know it was him. I could just see the face. Obviously, right. it's a little hard to recognize a guy when he's weighing like 110 pounds after being like probably three 320 bill like a shithouse. Yeah. So I see him and he's in a wheelchair and I'm like, is that Lex Luger? Why is he in a wheelchair? And then all of a sudden throughout the whole entire sermon i should have been doing that but there was more important things that day in church i had to google is lex luger in a wheelchair what does lex luger look now (laughs) and everything else so finally i just went up to him and i'm like sir are you lex luger and he's like yeah what's your name and i was like my name's andrew and he's like nice to meet you brother and i turned five years old again i'm like lex luger called me brother we're best friends that's awesome (laughs) this is the best day ever yeah but he's that whole Miss Elizabeth thing, though, with him, I mean, he feels so regretful for that. Oh, yeah. That's horrible. I mean, just like there, there's a, there's so much to unpack. I mean, we could spend probably an entire episode of like wrestlers. <laughs> wrestlers. Look up to. I know. 
I know another guy in the Western New York area. I don't want to talk too much bad about people, but it's one of those things. Like, I think when I mention this stuff, I have to, I always mention him and this is a hot topic. I want to say a hot topic, but like the consensus for the two point is Jim Kelly. I don't know how he is now post cancer, but pre-cancer and in the nineties, Jim Kelly was a prick. Oh yeah. And like, I mean, that's not a secret. Like that is not, and that's not just a two point consensus. I mean, that is, that is common knowledge that this dude, like, was a not a good person b did not do good things um and he admits to that stuff now i watched a football life but he was well i mean we're talking about a guy who got drafted by buffalo and was like i'm not going to that shithole yeah (laughs) and has since become like until ja17 got here like the the standard bearer of of quarterback a football player of athletes in buffalo yeah like how soon we forget that this dude didn't even want to play here until he guys made him the highest paid quarterback in the league. And then he was like, Oh yeah, I guess I can go to all right. Fine. I just remember him. And this is one of the things with athletes, like all the stuff on digs with that little boy where his father passed and he's doing this, you know, bringing him down, signing his stuff and hanging out with this kid. I remember going to Bill's training camp every single year when I was in Fredonia. Right. And this is, Right about the time where they're still a Super Bowl team, going to probably until where they're the whole change and rebuild. And there were certain guys that would take the time out to say one word or a couple of sentences to the kids, make sure autographs were signed. Jim Kelly would just speed through in a golf cart. You're, and it was one of those things where you had to like catch him or get knocked over. But right. he was he was not a very not a not a very good person, but yet he was the hero to so many people. But yet, back winning, then, I don't know how he is now. But back then, he was winning. Winning fixes a lot, right? Like winning, yeah. winning hides a lot of problems. So if he if he was like that, and the Bills weren't really really good during that time, like he wouldn't have got away with half of that crap. A hockey guy, I don't think he really got in any trouble over anything that I love is Eric Lindros, and then it's like real older. I'm like this guy was kind of a baby. <laughs> like in my in in my heart, I'm like he's the greatest ever. But in my mind, I'm just thinking about things, and I'm like, and as an adult, I'm like, dude, did this guy ever grow up, or is right. he just this whiny crybaby guy? But when I was watching hockey and he was playing, you couldn't tell me anything wrong about him. And I I think that's probably my biggest hockey one other than probably Theo Fleury where I found out he was a raging alcoholic. I'll tell you, you know who who lands on my hockey radar and I we've talked about this a few times. I've mentioned him on you know in passing on two point. I've I've gone off on it on hats before. Dominic Hashik. Oh I knew it was coming. That's why I wanted oh, hockey. I gotta I gotta start up that engine on uh, oh absolutely on the, on the jaw saw. There you go. The jaw saw is the there new- it is. <laughs> yeah so it is funny because as i'm like i'm scrolling through twitter just to you know anything topical coming up and there's actually on this day in 92 the sabers and blackhawks traded and sent dominic kashik to buffalo for a fourth round pick and stefan Bourgard for the 27 year old dominic kashik so first off dominic kashik was nothing he was 27 when he got traded to buffalo and he was he was nothing prior to that mm-hmm. 27 to get your like to get a crack is kind of old and then this dude comes out and he's talented 
and he's made he, he was responsible for some of the greatest highlight real plays in hockey history, let alone Sabres history. Things that goalies these days would look at and go, that's not a, that's not a thing that happens. He did he did every day. This dude, like ninety nine percent sure he was banging Ted Nolan's wife. He oh, was the yeah, reason. I heard about that. Yeah, he was the reason Ted Nolan, one of the better coaches that the Sabres had for a long time, got run out of Buffalo. And then a year later, he's like, "I want out," and went to the and went to Detroit. Then he wins a cup with Detroit. I will always be a Red Wing. Fuck you. Sorry. Well, isn't he also? He was another guy that came out as like the raging alcoholic. Oh, yeah. I mean, he like didn't he run somebody over or something or do? Yeah, there, there was something with traffic. Like he that there was rumor that there were times during games like he the reason he took his water bottle instead of letting the ice crew do it was because he had vodka mixed with the Gatorade that was in there. I like, you know, so that, like there was always rumor of like whether or not he was drinking during the games before the games during like between periods like and he was just kind of a prick. He always seemed that way. But, he, but, but Buffalo loves him and I hate it. I hate it so much. I think because that's the same light as Jim Kelly, even though Jim, I got to give credit. Jim Kelly stayed. He didn't want to come, but at least he stayed and he still is a big part of the community. Dominic Hasek, I don't even know. Like, it seemed like he came in, he started winning, and he was like, I'm out. Yeah. Not, I don't want anything to do with Buffalo anymore. Yeah, you know, it, it was one of those things where potentially you'd look at it and say, like, okay, he wanted to go win. He was late in his career. He, he knew he wasn't going to win in Buffalo, and it was that mutual, you know, mutual separation and everything. And, like, and I was, because I, I am that guy. I'm that guy, like, eventually – Everyone's time runs up. You either die a hero or you live long enough to become the enemy. Like the Bills ended up going to, or yeah, like the Bills moved on from Thurman Thomas at one point. He went and played for the Dolphins for a year or two. The Bills moved on from Bruce Smith. He went and played for, for Washington for a year or two. Like it happens, especially on the realm of like, hey man, our window is closing. Like do not take, like do, do not die here in Buffalo. Like go win yourself a cup. But then the way he does it and what he says that, like, come on, dude. Like, you were a prick when you were here. You ran our you ran our coach out of town after plugging his wife for how long? God knows what else he was doing that never came to light. And it's funny because I'm sitting here like, oh, the, 30 years ago today, the greatest goalie ever play hockey came to Buffalo. Thank you, Dom. Like, no, the hell with Dominic Hasek. Ryan Miller may have been a hippie from California that liked to take pictures, but at least he was a decent human being. <laughs> Who? Oh, Patrick Kane. <laughs> yeah. <the> door. <laughs> Punching the taxi driver. Yeah. Over like, I think it was over like 15 cents or something like that. Uh, yeah. I may or may not know people who took a dime and a nickel and oh, um, just like his parents' house in South Buffalo, just like putting a, a dime on a nickel and just putting it down in their driveway, like throughout the entirety of the driveway. So one morning they woke up and they were just, Little piles of 15 cents all over the place. That is, uh, that's pretty awesome in a way. Yeah. Too hot to eat. <laughs> it, it, I, I get to give it to people in Buffalo. That is, oh, we are petty as shit. They, that's better than what they did to Leotis McAlvin. I can, I can say that. That's fair. Didn't somebody like set his lawn on fire or something, Leotis McAlvin? Yeah. And I, I hate that stuff. Like, there, there are things that, Buffalo fans, Bills Mafia and stuff does. And we're out way off topic at this point. Yeah. Like 
you know, that that was funny. Like you're a 19 year old kid who gets kicked out of bars regularly because you try to flaunt who you are to the bouncers to be like, don't you know who I am? Yeah. And I know you're 19. You'll crap. Get out of here. But like, and then you beat up a cab driver for 15 cents. Like, but like you, that's different than like, oh, you muffed a punt that cost us a game and potentially our season. I'm going to burn your lawn. That's like, that's too much. That is a little. Nowadays, people are like, for like, and grown men going to training camp and like pushing children out of the way to get autographs. I will never understand. And now they're throwing stuff at the players. Like, I like, there was a video the other day, like, Stefan Diggs, like, had a football and a jersey, like, the jersey was wrapped around the football, thrown at him, and it almost hit him in the head as he was going down the tunnel. And he, like, looked up and saw it. Like, he goes, I ain't signing that. And he just, like, signed a couple more things for kids and that was it like it should somebody threw like a box at josh allen like like a like a a a signed like you know those those three white panel footballs yeah that are meant for signatures i guess it was like one of those in a plastic box again in the plastic display case they threw it at josh allen like like imagine our starting quarterback missing time because he has a gash in his forehead from you throwing a box at him you ignorant clown (laughs) speaking of ignorant and staying got? on the and staying on the Buffalo thing. Who do you got? Sean oh, Merriman. That's an interesting one. I loved Sean Merriman when I when I, he he was part. I have a, a powder blue Sean Merriman jersey from from the Chargers. So I you, loved Sean Merriman. I was going to ask you that because you when did you you brought him up on something on two point, and I was wondering if it was the love of Sean Marion came like towards the end of his career when he came to the bills or was it like, no, I was a big fan. Okay. I was a big fan when he was with the chargers whole nine yards, but then like this dude gets accused of choking Tia tequila. That's which the best part about that is there was an interview that landed. And like, this was well before the current age of social media, but there was like a quick sound clip that landed for a hot second of him being like, well, I mean, she asked for it. Meaning they were doing the thing and she was like, choke me, daddy. And he did. And then she was like, he choked me. Like that was his take on the situation. That clip very quickly disappeared and was never really heard of again because it was 2000 and something. So it didn't just live forever back then. But then in 06, like he tested positive for a banned substance and suspended. Like, you know, he was just uh, a polarizing character later in the day. Like looking at a guy who would, I don't know. Anybody who would like willingly associate with Tia Tequila, I have questions about your character. True. I mean, he was never on the because she was one of those VH1. Like, I never even heard her until she got onto one of those VH1 love shows. Like, yeah. she was the host or something. Yeah. So she was, I'm pretty sure she got famous on MySpace. I'm trying to look that up. I can't. She was like one of the first original, like, yeah. So she she became the most popular person on MySpace, and like she, got and that's how she became famous. Um, yeah. So then she ended up with her own reality show, which was shot at shot at love with Tia Tequila, which was a bisexually themed dating show. Nice. Yeah, and she posed in Playboy. Pretty sure she's got a sex tape out somewhere. So she's all ooh neo Nazism. What? <laughs> oh, I am down a I am down a rabbit hole. I'll save that yeah. for later. We're not talking about that. No, no, <laughs> no. I'm, I'm just saying. Like, apparently, according to Wikipedia, Tia Tequila is a neo-Nazi now. 
That's all I'm saying. And Sean Merriman had, an, had had some type of type of relationship with her, which makes him even more questionable in retrospect. True. Well, he's doing renouncing or something, is he now? Yeah, like most guys, he's stemmed into the world of broadcast. Here's a, I think, at, uh, I'm going to say his name, Alex Rodriguez, Mr. A-Rod. Yeah. This guy seemed to, at one point, be on par with kind of like a Derek Jeter. And I hate the Yankees, so I gravitated a little bit more towards A-Rod and Nomar at this point of who's the better shortstop because I would never say Derek, anything. I would never say anything good about Derek Jeter until now, now that he's retired because I hate the Yankees. And then you learn more and more about Alex Rodriguez. And I just can't help. But every time I look at him, I think to myself, what a whiny crybaby douchebag. Yeah. I, I, mean, I don't know how you ever felt about him, but that was like, my thing now there were there were aspects of him i felt bad for like i felt bad for you know i mean so he was a shortstop when he was in texas and you know he at one point the three best shortstops in the game were all in the al one was nomar garcia para in boston one was jeter in new york and one was rodriguez in uh texas and there was a point where they almost all ended up on the Yankees and they were going to move Nomar to first and A-Rod to third. Obviously, only one of those two things happened. And I don't care what anybody says, playing short and playing third, it's not just fielding the baseball and making throw. The positions play differently. The ball spins differently. And A-Rod struggled his first few years in New York. He never really had the same defensive prowess as a third baseman that he had as a shortstop. And... He took a lot of heat for it, and I felt bad for him. Outside of that, I mean, come on, hard to hard to argue with uh, the dude not being overly likable. I mean, have you watched? Oh, what is that show on Netflix? Now that could all be like uh, hearsay, suspect things. Is uh, what is that? It's another baseball steroid thing about the guy down in Miami that was feeding Manny, and he was feeding A Rod. Oh, uh, it's hilarious because they have the actors as kids. So you just see a rod, but he's played by a kid, right? That's like juice box or something. I think it's another one that's like called juiced or something. And I watched that and I guess Alex Rodriguez has a picture of himself, but he's painted as a centaur. Yeah. What? That's what, this, <laughs> that's what this doctor was saying, or not even a doctor. Guy got like his medical degree at like the wish.com. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I'm going to go to this weird South American country and get it. And he said when he walked in there, A Rod was watching highlights of himself and he had a picture of a set of him painted as a centaur. Oh my God. That's (laughs) what? (laughs) (laughs) I forgot what it's. It's something on Netflix called like Juice or something about that. It's all about. Right. This whole steroids thing with a rod where they were getting into uh, microdosing of okay. steroids. Yeah. And how Manny got like his, you know, got his swing back and everything else because this guy was teaching him how to microdose. And, and yeah, which I, I was actually going to bring up Manny Ramirez next. I know. Like, because like, here's him. a dude, I mean, you, you love watching him play. He made it look so simple, so easy. And then, like, 
you know, the, the, oh, that's just Manny being Manny. And then it's, you know, like, oh, he doesn't care. And he like probably does roids and definitely smokes weed. And, you know, then he tested positive for a fertility drug in, in LA. And then he tested positive for the same fertility drug the next year in Tampa. Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, like he's Manny. He's yeah. And like, and that's the thing is I wonder if that's the one guy that can get like a pass on certain things. I think, I feel like he did. Like, I really believe he actually did get that pass because he was just like, it, like, it was always just Manny being Manny. Like, oh, oh Manny probably could have had a double there, but he, you know, just kind of nice, easy jog out of the box and got held up at first. Like you're, uh, you know, you're, you're chasing a run in a, an elimination game here and you're not hustling out of the box. Now that's just Manny being Manny. Like nobody else gets away with that. Or taking, you know, nice pee in the green monster during the game. Right. It's just Manny. Just Manny being Manny. Just Manny being Manny. Have you ever heard of Reggie Lewis? I think so. He was a basketball player for the Celtics. Okay. This guy has one of his probably biggest claim to fame, if you've ever heard anything, is he died during practice. Okay. And the reason why he died during practice is he went into sudden, sudden like cardiac arrest because he had a giant cocaine addiction. Cool. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty like eye opening as a kid to just hear about a player drop. So I'm, I love the Celtics, and here's Reggie Lewis. He was just, like the just problem, dead on the court, dead on the court because he had a huge cocaine problem. There was some way he used to hide it. I don't know how, but there was a way that they used to he used to hide it somehow from officials. Huh. I mean, good for him, but sucks that he died. Yeah. Which I'm sure you can say about every drug person who dies, I think. Yeah, you can. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that makes sense. But it was, that's probably the earliest one where it definitely came out about drug, like anything with a drug. Right. Was with, with that one. Cause he died in 93. Okay. Yeah. You didn't hear about that stuff too much. No, no, because that's that's still in the age almost of like the Babe Ruth age where you would hear now you would hear stories about Babe Ruth, like chasing like hookers through uh, a hotel while they're both naked and sports writers would be down there and be like, oh, that's just the babe. OK, let's write about how he hit five home runs and had like 10 RBIs in a game. Right. Done. Not. Today that would have been like Twitter. Just saw Babe Ruth chasing Hooker in hotel. Right. And I think that's. And then once the book started coming out, I forget where there was a couple one. There was one written. I forgot the one written about baseball and where he was talking about the methamphetamines being like right there. I think once that started coming out, then they started saying anything. I noticed a lot of my guys are huge cocaine, and I think that's probably because I'm a child of the '80s. Like probably my favorite wide receivers for the dolphins, Mark Duper. He got busted for, <laughs> for, for actually running cocaine. So nice. Yeah. Nice. That's probably not what, that's not how you draw it up. No, no, no. Cause he oh, would, man. I don't think he got invited to a lot of dolphin stuff until later on. Right. I, here, here's <laughs> another guy I got in the middle of stuff. Ray Cruz. When okay. Ray Cruz came out, I was a huge Ray Carruth fan and I was still probably high school, probably at this time. 
Right. And then all of a sudden it came out and you watch the news. This is probably the first big one where I watched it like progress. I'd almost put this up there with watching the news of Chris Benoit progress. Oh, Chris Benoit. Jesus. Where it went from his girlfriend got shot. His pregnant girlfriend got shot. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, he hired a hitman because he didn't want to pay child support. Right. So that's why he got shot. And then I think the greatest thing of all is the, is the kid lived. That is his son lived. His son lived through all this. So I think that is the biggest middle finger that you could give to this guy at this point. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, that is whatever higher power you believe in that going like, that's what you get, a-hole. But it reminded me of the, like, the Chris Benoit thing where it was like Chris Benoit found dead with family. Uh, then all of a sudden this and then this and then this. Well, I, do you remember that? Like that the, the news broke like late Sunday night, early Monday morning. And that night on Raw, they like rang the bell 10 times and had the whole like moment of silence and everyone was like in tears and like they did a whole like tribute show to him and then a day and a half later they were like he doesn't exist chris benoit who who is that again i don't i never heard of him like oh man but uh, watching stuff on the network on like the wwe network and you would just see like when they had the markers before they went to peacock and they'd have the markers and it'd be like so and so wrestling at this point and all of a sudden you just see this like a long gap between the markers and you're like, what's going on here? Right. And then you fast forward to like in the middle of there and then there's the Chris Benoit match. Like they won't even mention him wrestling. They'll show the match. But right. I mentioned him I've, wrestling it. I've actually even seen clips where they blur out his face. Really? And like they bleep out that like, you know, and, like you, you would hear it and be like, oh, and he's got him down. And, and here we go with climb to the top rope and here comes with the headbutt like where they bleep out his name like they they've got they got so disrespectful with it at one point they blurred his face and bleeped his name while showing the matches because they were still going to show the matches because they weren't going to take the highlight of the other guy in the ring out yeah but they weren't going to give him any credit or credibility at all of having been there and you're like that blurry faced man is definitely chris benoit (laughs) i think that's that's another thing when looking at this stuff is is a legacy thing is like that completely destroys his legacy i just watched something on espn what was it like 60 or something about joe paterno oh yeah i saw i saw the the preview for that i wanted to watch it yeah about like his legacy and what and is it time to do this or is it time to forgive i mean you cannot forgive i don't think you can you give forgive chris benoit for what he did i think is I don't know how his son or anything feels. There's some weird, like there's definitely weird circumstances surrounding that. I like he'll never be forgiven, but I mean, there's things where the way he was talking, the things that he was saying, like the phone calls that were made, stuff like that, like texts that people got were like, you know, like there were two or three text messages gotten like that were, that were gotten from Chris's phone after Chris's alleged time of death. Mm -hmm. So they're like, you know, that's why there's a rumor of like, well, like the, the door was unlocked and like slightly ajar when people got to the house and like, th- like 
just that like there was like this is his time of death between this time and this time and then seven hours later these three text messages were sent from chris's phone that they never found like it's really really weird things like they're never going to uncover anything unless like there's some like unless mcmahon knows about it somehow and he'll like it comes out after he dies in some like locked secret box of is that the secret box that shane was supposed to be wrestling for probably at wrestlemania what 34 with the undertaker this is the wwe book of secrets (laughs) and uh you know so like it's like the presidential book of secrets except now that mcmahon's out of the picture we might actually find out but uh yeah i i don't think there's redemption for a lot of that stuff especially like chris benoit unless again it comes out that he was actually murdered and made it look like a murder suicide but uh who one one guy believes that it was a murder that was not a murder suicide that they all just got murdered yes there, there's quite a few there's actually like a following out there and about once a year it, it flares up on twitter and stuff if you follow it i could tell you one athlete he seems like he's different now but thank you to mike tyson not only did i have great boxing memories but at a young age I learned what rape was because I had a mother that never sugarcoated anything. So she just flat out told me what Mike Tyson did when I asked. Yeah. Yeah. That one, like, and then he comes back and bites somebody's ear off. Like the dude was like some of the most memorable sports quotes. Like I'm what I'm, I'm going to rape your wife and eat your children or something like that. Like, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, my dude, my dude was, my dude was out there. But I, but I was going to bring him up, too, because, I mean, there's a dude that you grow up like I was very, very young uh, when that rape case broke. But I remember like knowing who Tyson was and like being like, this dude's legit, like this dude is scary. And then, mm-hmm. oh, Mike raped somebody. And then after he got out, he'd be like, I'm going to rape you. And people like, I believe you. <laughs> like, I've, I've done it before. Now. We, we know, like, <laughs> calm down, take, take another Prozac. You're going to be OK. <laughs> I think I'm gonna. I think I'm just gonna go home now, Mike. Uh, you have a, you have a wonderful, wonderful day, because that is just a chemically. I feel I don't want to say anything horrible about him because he does seem like he's doing better, but yes. he just feels like a very chemically imbalanced person. Well, I mean, there was a point where he did an, an interview where he was like, "I'm on Tholaf, so I don't kill nobody." It was like, and I'm pretty sure that whoever was interviewing was like. You might want to up the dose. Well, he <laughs> used to admit to when he was younger, carrying groceries home for people from the grocery store. And then once he got to their house, he'd punch them in the face, knock them out, and then steal their groceries. Right. Like, that's a legit thing this guy did. And then somebody, then they found him and they were like, oh, he's going to make a great boxer. It, it, this is like almost like a Michael Jackson situation in my mind where you just took this young kid and instead of nurturing them in a way, you're like, yeah, no, you're just, yeah, you, we're going to jack you, you up a hundred times. The demon. Yeah. You fed the demon. And next thing you know, rut row. Like, yeah. Don King. Hey, you want to, you want a white tiger? Go get yourself a white tiger, man. Just keep on throwing punches and I don't even care. Right. Like no time to nurturing. How do you feel about Pete Rose? I Listen. think that's, that's something that I got to bring up is. I never really witnessed Pete Rose, the player. I remember Pete Rose, the manager. And I remember the whole thing with Pete Rose and Pete Rose is, I mean, he's, he's professional baseball's hit leader. Mm -hmm. And that like nobody, 
nobody will come close to that record. And I mean, the dude was just, he played the game on just a different level. And you're gonna tell me he's not in the Hall of Fame. So you can you can do like and no, so nobody from the steroid era is in the Hall of Fame, and I don't think they're going to be. And my issue is he gambled as a manager. He didn't gamble as a player. And so induct him as a player. Be like, as a manager, no, you're out. But like, as a, the player deserves to be in. Because, and even, even if some of the gambling trickled into the, his last couple of years, so what? He, like, if he bet against his team, like, he intentionally didn't get a hit in a big spot to give them the lead, and he still holds Major League's hit record? Come on. Like, your, your argument has lost its, its treading here. And uh, it, is he a good person? No. Like, I mean, he lied about it over and over again. Then he like kind of came, you know, honest about it. Then he came a little bit more honest. Then the full report came out and it showed that literally almost everything they claimed he did, he actually did. And he denied most of it. And then he was like, yeah, you caught me. <laughs> He's not a good person, but there are like the Hall of Fames and every single sport are littered. With packed to the like to the brim with people who were not good people. It is not the hall of, of fantastic individuals. <laughs> it is the hall of fantastic athletes at this specific sport, despite what they've done. Michael Irvin said it best with what the with the things that I have done in my life. I feel I do not like what I did on the field does not supersede what I did off the field. And I feel as though I am undeserving of this honor because of the things I did off the field. But that's not how they vote on these things. And like I mean, he said that during his speech, I am such a piece of garbage human or I was during that time. I do not deserve to be in this hall, but that's not things they take into consideration. So here I am. True. <laughs> but that only like because if they were so, going to really do anything in the Hall of Fame, OJ would have been gone. Right. I mean, OJ would have been gone. Uh, you know, anybody who had even a, an inkling of a tie to steroids, because I'm sorry, it impacts the outcome. You know, that, that three-run shot that gave your team a two-run lead, if you don't have that extra extra oomph on your swing and that's just a fly-out, guess what? That changes the game automatically. Yeah, and, I, and Kaseko, the thing with steroids is like Kaseko, I never saw a skinny Kaseko, but I saw a skinny Barry Bonds. Oh, yeah. I saw a 300 hitting, maybe 30 home run, He'd hit maybe 30 home runs hitting Barry Bonds. Oh, don't I mean don't get me wrong. He was still a 40-40 guy when he was skinny. Oh, yeah. Like, but uh, he was a 40-40 guy that became a 72-0 guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, not to mention that like every report of anyone who ever played with him is he was just an asshole. Like he had his own yeah. private room in the locker room. You weren't allowed to lockers, I heard. Yeah, you weren't like if you walked by his room and like glanced over at the TV because you heard something that interests you, he'd yell at you. You're like, you're not allowed to watch my TV type thing. Like not good people. Pete Rose. I've met Pete Rose, oddly enough, in Vegas doing an autograph sighting. Right. And he didn't seem too bad. I think he should be in. Well, and here's the thing. He's supposed to be banned from baseball. Like, yeah. so it's not just like you're not allowed in the Hall of Fame. Like you are supposed to be banned from all major league baseball events like if you want to show up to a field you have to buy a ticket you cannot sign autographs and accept money at that game like you're not allowed to do those things because you are not part of baseball that is not okay like we wouldn't allow anybody else to come in and like and sell stuff at the like on our like in our stands you can't either but he's gonna either going to be or he was part of 
the Phillies alumni day where they were celebrating the world, uh, the world series championship team that they had that he played on and he was there and part of it, or he's going to be. Yeah. So how banned for baseball are you? Well, he was voted into the all century team, right? How banned are you? If you, if you're still involved in those things, it's not a lifetime ban from baseball because you're in the game. People are still talking about you. You're still being allowed at major league parks for major league stuff. I don't know. I, I feel like the gambling thing. I mean, and we're talking talking about it now. You know, the Calvin Ridley we're, comparison to Deshaun Watson. Calvin Ridley, a year suspension for playing fa- like playing fantasy, like daily fantasy for money when he was not playing, suspended for a year. Twenty six sexual assault allegations. Six, six six games was the recommendation. Really? Come on. With that too, is how many side leagues do you, how many side fantasy football leagues do you think teams have because i've you've heard players mic'd up say come on you got to do good you're on my fantasy team right and now all of a sudden it's bad yeah because he because he like was actively gambling on like FanDuel or something come on dog shit i don't think gambling is it, it's bad but i don't think it's anywhere near say listen it's steroid and drug abuse and alcohol abuse if you're talking about gambling that leads to point shaving, like yeah. you, you tell me that a quarterback is out there throw like intentionally in, like not throwing completed passes or inten- intentionally checking down when you could throw the ball over the top and win. Like uh, that's different. That's not gambling. That's point shaving. There's a difference. Like it gambling is not an issue. In my opinion, if gambling turns into affecting the game, now we're talking like that's, and that's where I'm at. I don't know. I just, whatever. <laughs> How have we not brought up who who do you got Tiger Woods? I think when I bring up Tiger Woods is for one, I'm not a huge fan of golf and I don't and I don't know, but that was I think that that was probably the most shocking. Yes. One. Now that I'm thinking about it, that he was just this. My man is out here, right? first off he brought i don't even know if i should let you talk about this (laughs) he brought he brought golf into the mainstream in a way it hadn't been in ages yeah like there were there was nobody as nearly as polarizing as tiger woods like this dude just came out and lit the world on fire from the time he was what like 20 and playing on the tour for the first time the dude was just on a different level and he was the consummate professional like his his iconic black pants and red Nike shirt on Sundays for championship day became a thing. Like the way he acted, the way he carried himself, like he had a, like he, he, he made golf so damn popular. They named a video game after him. They well, changed PGA golf, 2000, whatever to tiger woods, 2000 and whatever. Well, that's too is the, when you mentioned Nike, Nike wasn't had anything to do with golf until tiger came along. Right. Cause they didn't like, there was nothing to do with golf. Like, Oh, a bunch of stuffy old white dudes dressed like clowns hitting a ball. Great. Good. Then you got Boring. tiger. Then he got tiger and he's coming out. He's, you know, he's, he's doing it the right way and everything. And then you find out he's cheating on his supermodel wife with a waitress from Denny's or 20. Would <laughs> then there was like a porn star. There was, I think that it was just right, like tons. The one he got caught with was the Denny's waitress. You can't get caught with the Denny's waitress. Uh, like, so he's he's dating this supermodel, and it like she was just your girl next door overnight Denny's waitress that he like uh, while he was traveling the one day he stopped at Denny's for breakfast and they hit it off and then he teed off on her. Did it? 
Yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, but he got caught somehow. Like, whether I, I don't even know how the whole thing came to light. Whether she, you know, <laughs> loose loose lips sink ships, right? He had like yeah. a phone or something, didn't he? Yeah, like he. Oh, that's right. He had like a burner phone. Yeah, he had like a burner phone with like twenty five names or something outrageous, like you said, where it's just like name after name after name after name of like all these girls. Like, and and most of them were just random nobody women. Like there were like like you said, there were a couple porn stars. There were a couple like you know other more question scandalous people i would yeah go scandalous but like other than that it was oh waitress from denny's gas station attendant um <laughs> you had like, them in the phone like under pizza hut and stuff like yes like i absolutely do i absolutely believe that he like like because i mean you're gonna meet 17 ashley's that way how do you keep yeah. them straight well that's probably in the one instance where his wife did see the phone and be like why is pizza calling you uh, they're right. trying to get me to do a sponsorship. <laughs> okay. Uh, why, why is like, um, why, why is room service calling you? Uh Oh, <laughs> like, do they want to know if I want turn down service? Ooh, the mint. Wah, wah, wah. But that hey. was probably, that's probably the most shocking and interesting. Like, I think a lot of these are shocking, but that was, Tiger was the poster boy because the bad boy of golf was always supposed to be like John Daly. Yes. You have Tiger who at that point made John Daly look like a saint, like, like John Daly just should be living in Vatican city after all the stuff that came out about Tiger. Like, and that was the craziest part is just this, like, there was nothing wrong with the dude. Like you couldn't find fault in him in, in any way, shape or form until this. And then, and he hasn't been the same since like he's been injury prone. He's been like, just can't keep his, 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 he can't stay on the course. He hasn't played to, to form. Maybe it's like comedians have even said like, I don't know, man, Tiger just ain't ain't himself. Maybe he's got to go find himself an Applebee's waitress or something like, did you ever it's a, that's an episode of Seinfeld. Yeah. Where George stops having sex and then all of a sudden he's like the world's smartest man. Elaine does the same and she just gets really, really dumb. That's his spinach. Right. <laughs> Ashley from Des Moines, Iowa, who works at the Motel Six part time and bartends at the crappy waitress area or crappy bar is maybe Tiger Woods a spinach there maybe Get maybe that it's that spin- denny's coffee you know a little i don't know i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna go down a down a, yeah. down a well there we don't need to go down i mean Jesus. that's probably like the most shocking one out of out of all of them i understand there's like there's other ones but that was like the one where it's like oh, I, didn't, I didn't think that was gonna happen and he lost so much money didn't he because he, yeah. he lost buick some Swedish watchmaker and like all these things. I think Buick was paying him or GM was paying him $10 million to endorse, endorse Buick. Yeah. He was at one point, he was at one point the highest paid athlete in at least the U S if not the world. Right. But yeah, like with all the sponsorships and stuff, they were trying to see who was going to become the first billion dollar athlete, him or Michael Jordan. And they both just effed it all away. 
Jordan just one, 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 one by gambling, one by actually effing and sucking as an owner. Great gotcha. NBA player. What a, probably he should come out. He should come out of retirement again. Yeah, <laughs> might work out better for him. <laughs> 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 if he did. Oh, and I think that's wow. I feel like horribleness now. I feel like I just want to go take a shot after, like just getting like dreams beat up. If you want to feel better, look up pictures of Tia Tequila today. She's a train wreck. I mean, she she looks like she fell out of the attractive tree, hit every ugly branch on the way down, and fell into a gigantic steaming pile of what the f- at the bottom. Oh yeah. What happened? Sean Merriman broke up with her. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like the, this one is like it looks like she had botched plastic surgery. It could be the case. Could be the case. Oh. That's what kids don't make sex tapes. This is what happens. Probably what happened when you don't become famous anymore. You can't pay that. Can't pay those bills. Oh man. I got to go call my priest. <laughs> I know this is, <laughs> this is not an uplifting episode. Like I said, this was, <laughs> no, it was not the childhood athlete disappointment. Shocking. Just like, and you wonder what's wrong with society today. Yeah. We're, we're, we're a bunch of grown ass adults that are dealing with like, it's there's a comedian that always the kevin hart talks about one of the worst things you could ever see is watching your dad get his ass kicked and this almost feels like that way when you're like oh boy i I love this guy and then all of a sudden it's like yeah he's not a good person because i believe kaseko today is still using steroids because he just can't just can't stop like that's just how he is from now on that's so horrible but Thank you for coming on and helping lift up the day. <laughs> Listen, I'm uh, I'm currently watching a what looks like a fight at uh, at Giants camp, and it was a bad one. So my day has gotten better. I've got I've moved on from Tia Tequila pictures Dude. to Giants fight camps. There you camp go. Fights. You want to tell everybody where to catch uh, you on the BICBP Radio Network? Yeah, absolutely. I am the main host of Hats, Stats, and Stats podcast, a champion caliber pro sports podcast based right here in Buffalo, New York. I am one of the two main hosts of Common Debauchery, a uh, really a, a podcast about nothing and a little bit of everything at the same time. Uh, I co-host Pod, the Producers, which is a not your average movie review podcast, which uh, actually I was just shown the other day that we are ranked the 81st, 81 out of the top 100 in movie review podcast on, I believe it's good podcasts or something like that hold on i have the app here hold on give me a give me a minute yeah good pods there you go and uh then i host the uh west new york's first and only prep baseball podcast tip of the cap podcast all those can be found on your any any site you know spotify apple podcast google podcast amazon music and of course at the bicbp radio network www.bicbp-radio.com there you go and remember, catch new episodes of Let's Talk But Not, But No Politics, okay, every Sunday on the BICBP Radio Network, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Go check out the Facebook page for Let's Talk But No Politics, okay, and the YouTube channel. And with that being said, good morning, good afternoon, and good night. <laughs>